flash forward an hour, we have successfully talked about Metaverse and it is unique and interesting and fascinating and we did it. People really like us. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. Um, we are, yes. as they say, a brand for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Relevance. <laughs> differentiation. Relevance and differentiation. All Fant- in one podcast. Fantastic. Amazing, amazing, Fantastic. amazing stuff. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Scott. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. We're here to talk about the metaverse. The metaverse. It's kind of everywhere these days. And I feel like we're all, we're all throwing the term around and now trying to figure out how it applies to us and whether this virtual reality is a reality. Um, So we're here to talk about that a little bit today. So you're me first, what is the metaverse? Uh, Are we flipping the coin on this one or? (laughs) I mean, I don't know, it depends on who you talk to, right? Because you've got, I think at its basis level, it's, you know, this virtual experience that um, is kind of, open and you know it's kind of open source no but no one person owns it no one entity controls it um you can own things and do things and and kind of control um kind of your your avatar or persona within this world and you know uh it's it lives up to everything that was in ready player one basically <laughs> so that yeah. that sounds like the optimistic definition of what the metaverse could be uh yeah yeah uh optimistic uh fanciful i, I don't know just pick your pick your pick your adjective <laughs> you pick your positive adjective yeah 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 i mean i think it's probably mark's view of it mark zuckerberg's view of it and you know i think that's probably Probably why we're talking today is, you know, that announcement was made and it brought brought the capital M metaverse from kind of corners, the mouths of some marketers, you know, those who are already living in gaming platforms like Roblox or Fortnite and kind of brought it into the, the mass question. Um, and you're right, Mark probably thinks of it as that like capital M metaverse. And I think he very much would like for his organization to be at the helm of that capital M metaverse. Um, but I think it's interesting to look at, at those varying definitions. And while that maybe that's an, an optimistic or letting the future define the future version of the metaverse. There's also discussions around looking at platforms like those created by Riot Games, like those created by Roblox, where with the exception of like virtual reality, with the exception of putting on Facebook owned Oculus glasses, they're already subsisting as or existing as a metaverse as they stand. They've got economies that work within them. You can buy, sell, trade. Um, You can interact with others. Often, Kate, times you can kind of create the world that you you live in, and so there are the kind of those varying definitions of what a metaverse is, which is I think what makes this discussion a little complicated as we as people are trying to wrap their hands around it. Yeah, I mean, in those instances you just referenced, I mean, those are spaces where you know Nike's on Roblox is able to create Nike Land and create a, a, a set of places and 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 games that people can experience within that platform. I mean I think we're you know Riot Games you mentioned I'm a, I mean I'm a big League of Legends fan and so you know you can buy all sorts of you know skins and emotes and all sorts of things that you can use to to customize your experience and show your your uh, show your true self or just just 
dunk on somebody when you, you know, um, in the middle of a game. Um, but I mean, the big, the big thing with this whole metaverse thing, I mean, all that stuff has existed. Right. And so the big question I think is, is your favorite word interoperability, right? Like how do you, um, how do you take, you know, your, your arcade Sona skin from League of Legends and start to, you know, bring it into somewhere else. Right. Right. Like, uh, I own that, I own that skin within, uh, within league. Uh, I paid for it, um, you know, with, with in-game currency, but, but, you know, can I take it somewhere else? Can I, can I, um, can I bring it somewhere else? And, and that's the part where I think you look at, at the crypto world and how everybody's getting so excited about NFTs and, and cryptocurrency. I mean, I think that's kind of the promise of what's now coming forward with, with, um, with that whole system, right. Is the idea that there's this decentralized, um, uh, blockchain where you can just, you know, be able to take things from place to place to place. And that, that, um, that kind of openness, I think is what's massively appealing about, um, what's being promised here, but is not quite, not quite there yet. Yeah. I mean, it's what, it's what would lead us to this being a system where, you know, it's already happening in pockets, but you could make a career, you could make money, buy, sell, all the things that happen in our existing capitalist society could also be happening in this new virtual society. And so that, that interoperability, my, my favorite word. Yeah, uh, I know I did, um, would allow for a true economy and, and we could get into the topics of crypto and, and the way that would, that would infiltrate that system. But it, it makes it big and it makes it real and it makes it perhaps maybe a step harder to achieve in the, in the near future. I know that, that, that connection point, that, that way of having your skin move from league to Roblox to Microsoft, even that seems like the next big step, but there are probably many smaller steps that we will take as as a society, but also as marketers in the interim. Yeah. I mean, we're as marketers still getting comfortable in those individual worlds as they exist. Right. I mean, you've got some marketers that are kind of taking old or traditional ways of advertising, you know, sponsorships, you know, showing up on, you know, bill virtual billboards or, um, you know, you know, finding, finding ways of, you know, gifting people, uh, in-game currency, things like that. You know, those are those are being kind of tested and and tried. I, I think you know it gets to something where I've, I've been thinking a lot about kind of what are brands' roles uh, with within places like social media and and, and just uh, you expand that into the into the metaverse because I think it's a similar concept. You know, you're you're moving from kind of a passive um, advertiser into, you know, one where a brand is, is, is becoming a creator, right? Like if you, if you, back when brands first started, you know, they had this idea that, you know, I'm going to create a product and you're going to buy into that product and you trust me as a brand because of what that, what I stand for behind that product. I think once we started to get into kind of more interactive spaces, you, um, you, you thought about as a brand, you know, how am I going to be relevant? Um, how am I going to understand what people are doing and give them either personalized messages or, or some sort of an experience that helps me speak to them in a more relevant way. 
And, and the best brands have moved a, a step on top of that to be connected to kind of your life, your, who you are, your own self-image, right? I mean, you think Apple, you know, people, 110, 110, 120 million people are running around with AirPods in their ears whenever they're, you know, even when they're not using them, because, you know, it's this, it's this connectedness that kind of is a part of who they are and how they comport themselves. Well, within, you know, social media, you look at the brands that are, you know, taking over now, they're the ones that are creating and contributing to those, you know, spaces. The, the brands that are succeeding within TikTok are the ones that are, you know, finding ways either through, you know, their relationship with influencers or the content they're creating themselves. You know, they're, they're becoming creators and connecting with people in kind of a more, a deeper way than we've seen before. And I think that kind of posture is going to be important as you go into the metaverse, you know, as you start to own things like virtual Gucci bags or Nike shoes, being able to create those things and become part of this universe is going to be important. And also it's, it's a little bit, you know, it's a different role than brands have played in the past. Like it's just a different set of muscles that I think a lot of brands are still figuring out how comfortable am, am I with all of that stuff. I mean, live, living in that world, you, you talk about a community manager, like that, that shifts from a, a moderation role to a, how do I create and create craft yeah. my brand in a, in a new dimension? A lot of ways, which, which I think is, is such a unique challenge <laughs> to even wrap your head around as a, as a marketer. And it, it comes with a kind of a whole new set of responsibilities. I think that there's, you know, you bring up AirPods, a status symbol. You bring up, you know, virtual Gucci bags, a status symbol. As we think about crafting the future, a future reality in, in, another, in another dimension, it sounds, sounds so silly to say, but I hope we can take a look at what we've learned from sort of influence that we as brands have in, in crafting communities and crafting, you know, it, the way individuals relate to our brands. I mean, you talk about the first thing, one of the first big moments we have is this, this Gucci bag, which sold for roughly $4,000. Um, and if you're going to convert to, to us currency, um, that, you know, only lives in this virtual world and gets carried around. And it's a status symbol. You buy these NFTs because they show that, you know, whether it's you have the funds to be able to do it or you have the know-how and the ways in to be a part of this, this, this community, you know, we're already creating in crowds and out crowds and how, you know, I think it's really interesting to think about in this, in this new world we're creating, we're leaning into some of the, the old habits we have of, you know, which we can't help as human beings of, of showing status. But I wonder if there's, as we think about these kind of new new generation of community managers, is there a new level of responsibility that we as brands have to take into this world? Yeah, I mean, brands can barely figure out their own voice on regular social. Like <laughs> now that they have to be, you know, full-fledged people like acting, interacting, contributing. I mean, that's a tall, that's a tall, tall order. I mean, we keep on talking about the idea of like, it, it, should we think about companies as people right. or should we think about brands as people? And like you, you extend that into the metaverse and suddenly, okay, mm, that feels more true than ever, um, especially because if you take the, the fanciful version of the metaverse that I described earlier, where anything and, you know, can happen and possibilities are endless, then, you know, there's no limit to what a brand can do or can represent there. And that's a pretty daunting thing. You know, some brands are going to be able to step into that in a massive way and others are going to 
probably be <laughs> wondering why they're here. You know, it, yeah. it's it. And, and, and to be honest, like, I don't think, bra- I don't think, I don't think people are, are, are waiting for brands to show up either. I mean, Forrester did a, a bunch of data, um, earlier this year, um, they ran a research study in August talking about, you know, asking people, Hey, how, what do you think about the metaverse? And, you know, only about a quarter of people said, Hey, I, I'd love to see more brands here. You know, uh, it's just not, and granted, that's early days, right? Like I'm sure when you know the iPhone first came out, like nobody could conceive of the App Store. Mm-hmm. So it's it's we're we're terrible at at, at thinking down the road at, at kind of what our future selves will want. But at the same time, like you look at the the how much people like advertising in general, which has been a, a gradual downward trend over the past decade. You know, yeah, I, I think brands that just decide to show up in the metaverse and. Hope people are going to embrace them. I think I think we'll get trolled pretty hard. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's worth worth noting how nascent we are still. Totally. Like totally. Yeah. anyone who's taking the steps, whether you're changing your name to Metaverse or have an internal task force that operates quietly, you know, the, you're setting the stakes in the ground for the hopes that demand will pivot and turn that way. Yeah, and I, th- I think you know. If, if you have a, a brand manager or a marketer listening and listening to the, the idea of, oh my gosh, I have to create this person and this world and interact with all my pe- all you know, my consumers, like you said, you said it yourself, like daunting. I think it's interesting to talk a little bit about, you know, you referenced briefly earlier, these like old school mechanisms of advertising that could live in the metaverse. And, you know, for, for those who aren't, you know, aren't reading some of this you know, the literature around this or listening to the podcasts about this, you know, we're already seeing a lot of major events that normally brands would sponsor, like concerts, like esports, you know, happening in the metaverse and drawing these these massive fan bases. I mean, I think, you know, Travis Scott reached millions, like big millions of people through through his concert and the idea that brands might be able to dip their toe in, and I don't mean dip your toe in from a financial perspective. I think these will have massive reach and there's going to be massive costs or somewhat costs associated with it. But it might mean a less from a community management perspective or a, I have to go invest. It's like opening a new social channel where you're like, I've got to invest a future path to this, this platform. You know, Sponsoring events that might feel tied to your brand could be a way to dip a toe in to to see if your audience resonates, to see if the reach of being present um, in these spaces around these virtual events pays off. You know, if if you're thinking, hey, my audience is here, like my audience is paying attention to this, and I want to be there, but I'm not fully ready to commit. Do we think that that like kind of light sponsorship, you know, we've just, we've talked before about you know Castor Oil showing up at a NASCAR race. And, and being that headline sponsor, because it, it makes sense. You're watching a NASCAR race in a virtual world. Why wouldn't a brand that is directly tied to that show up? Um, I guess, you know, we've been talking a little bit about, is, is that enough? Is that like billboard style advertising enough in this space? Or is that consumer set just too savvy? You know, the way I think of the metaverse, at least right now, like if brands jump in, they're probably going to get look for one of three things. They're either going to look for like a quick PR hit, like they're the first mover, they're going to show up, they're going to do something amazing. It's like Nike land becoming this place in Roblox. Is it the first? No. Is it the biggest? It's it's pretty, pretty, pretty sizable. Um, 
you know, my nine-year-old like, kicked it around this weekend. It was like, yeah, not for me. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's a step in the right direction. It's a commitment from the brand that clearly shows they know, they know what they're doing. So, um, you know, you get first mover PR headlines. You could, you know, connect with a new audience, as you said. So if you know, you know, a younger generation is spending time within the metaverse, can you connect with them? Sure. Um, that might work. I mean, it depends on what they know about you and how much you can communicate and connect with in the course of whatever they're interacting with. So your billboard, if it's, you know, if it's a Dr. Pepper billboard and they know Dr. Pepper, maybe they'll, you'll, you'll create some association by being there. You're probably not going to be able to change too many perceptions (laughs) by being there unless you find a different way to interact or a different way to contribute. Right. So it's kind of, do you want to reinforce things people already know about you? Do you want to just remind people that you're there? Or do you really want to use this platform as a way to create a different type of, uh, and I'm going to use this word really loosely relationship because nobody's really looking for a brand relationship most of the time, but you know, are you going to create a different kind of, kind of connection there? And then the third thing is just testing and learning, like getting your own internal muscles working in a different way. Because if you you jump into Roblox studio, can anybody create a Roblox game? Yes. Is it a pain in the ass? (laughs) Yes. Uh, You know, I spent most of this weekend uh, trying to build out a snowboard park and it is, it's like designing on like windows 95. Um, it, can it be done? It, oh, hey, 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 exactly. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. I mean, it's not like these things haven't been around. Right. I mean, I mean, Sims, you know, um, Roblox, Fortnite. I mean, Fortnite's just a massive place. Um, and it, it's been going on and on and on that you can read all the news stories talking about Snow Crash and kind of the beginning of the metaverse and kind of its sci-fi origins. But I mean, in reality, people have been interacting with it in different ways all their, uh, the whole time. So, you know, back to the point around testing and learning, I think getting your development chops kind of working in a different way can be, can be valuable, right? It's always good to understand how your brand can live in a platform, whether or not um, you're getting an, a quote unquote ROI out of it. Like it's, it's just understanding um, how it works and, and staying current. Cause, cause I mean, back to the point of we're early days here. I mean, my guess is when people were, were carrying around a BlackBerry, they weren't imagining, hey, I wonder, I wonder what it looked like if I had like a big glass screen with a touch with a touchpad on it, you know, and could download apps like that just isn't a thing. Uh, people can't imagine what the future is. And so this is starting to take hold. It, it is interesting. I doubt people are going to be clamoring to jump into a universe that Mark Zuckerberg created. Um, you know, much less marketers because it's it's not the first time. You know, Mark's pulled the rug on marketers <laughs> marketers a few times in the past. You know, telling them to, hey, why don't you just build up your your fan base and you can talk to them whenever you want. And then that wasn't the case. And then he said, you know, engagement's really important. And then it turned out that wasn't the case. So so. Um, he doesn't really have the best track record of leading marketers to the promised land. Um, so, you know, that's where I think we need to be, be careful of like who's controlling this quote unquote metaverse and what are the rules and how do I, how do I think about how brands can exist and what identity looks like and what ownership looks like and just all the things that are going to make, you know, if you really want this to be another kind of reality, Reality is complicated and, and just thinking that through is going to be something that um, people are going to need to do and then brands are going to need to understand like how that all works, right? So I think, I mean, to your point about kind of what's next, 
like the idea of, you know, I think Mark's metaverse for, for a lot of reasons doesn't feel like the obvious answer. I mean, I think if you look at the the aging demographics of Facebook, that's also not the demographic that's going to be the first person to jump on and try something new. It's just, you know, we, we look to a younger generation to often be the ones who say, Hey, I don't need the future path out for me. I don't care what the next BlackBerry looks like. I just want to try this new thing. I think it's interesting to talk about what's going to drive that that near next because I think that capital M metaverse, you know, we're going to we're going to have some iterative things that happen in between. You know, one of the things that I I'm finding really interesting and I'm a big believer in that like utility and need drives our next technological advancement. Typing on a BlackBerry, writing a whole email on a BlackBerry was impossible. Seeing files was impossible. And it was like, okay, I'm doing half of my business in my hand. You got a stylus, though. <laughs> you did. You did have a stylus. Wasn't a lot better. <laughs> um, but I think it's interesting to think about what are some of those near next steps that might happen. And I think it's interesting to talk to people who, and, you know, we as workers in, in, today's society. Um, for me, I think hearing about some of the developments that Microsoft is making on, on their on their version of a metaverse, one that's centered around work and centered around, you know, you and I are sitting in a room here together, but, you know, we could have you in Timbuktu and, and me here in, in Portland, Maine, and we could have our headsets on and be co-working together in a space in a much more real way than even we can on Zoom today. I can see the need and the desire for that. And I can see the the capital that flows into that. And I can see the reasons what pushes that next. Um, to me, that feels tangible. And I think it's interesting to talk about like where are those next tangible moments. And I think esports and concerts are a big place that are going to push that because as we think about the, the year and a half that we just came off of, as we think about, you know, so many artists making the majority of their money through touring and, you know, three grueling months of touring a year, if they can have one big concert in the metaverse and make as much as they can in, in a couple months of touring, what does that mean for the amount of, you know, work that can be done around the year in terms of making the next studio album or, you know, driving? There's something about the ability to host those types of um, events and allow for more people to have access to them. It's another utility, another driver I can see pushing us into a space where you would interact in those kind of scenarios in a virtual space. Totally makes sense. And I guess that's, it, it gets back to what's the virtual space. Right. Like is the virtual space, I have to strap on an Oculus and like walk around like a, like a goon or like, is it, I'm going to have AR glasses and I can, I can see the people around me and, and, and I can also you know, have some sort of an, uh, a virtual experience uh, kind of uh, within my own field of view. Is it like Scott Galloway put, put, um, put this awesome example out, like, why would I want to invite, like, if I want to go to a concert with, with a friend, yeah, I could strap on a, a, an Oculus and like sit there by myself, or I could just put AirPods on and, and do it that way. Like, like, which is more immersive, quote unquote, like, what is the way that I want to interact with this, with this, with this metaverse? And, and I don't know how many people are going to like, want to spend lots and lots of time with a headset on, like maybe, uh, maybe prove me wrong, right? Like totally. I, I, I think I'm back to, um, I was talking to um, Tori, um, who's a project manager here at Via, and I was, we were talking about the concept of blinders and like the idea that, okay, yes, putting on an Oculus headset feels a little strange, but 
I think if you looked at our, us right now and the, how much we look down at our phones already and are like immersed in this tiny little screen, um, you already have the blinders on, right? Like, like you already, you already are kind of like narrowing your field of view. So is it that much more of a step to get to a headset? Maybe, maybe not. We'll have to figure that out. But I think the form factor of like, where, where is this metaverse going to happen? And how does it interact? How does it connect between kind of the real world and, 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 and this virtual world? Um, to, to me, that's, that's important because I don't know. Um, I think the promise that we're all going to have this escape, this fantasy and, and totally. jump into the metaverse and, hey, we're going to do all this amazing stuff and just leave this, leave everything behind and go all ready player one. Like that just feels, I, I don't know, that feels very far away. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it feels a little, a little strange given all the other challenges that we have on the planet that we live on right now. <laughs> totally. I mean, I, I completely agree. And that's what as I think about those, those near next moments, these kind of episodic jump time bound, jump in, jump out, mm-hmm. things feel a little bit more plausible to me yeah. because I just can't quite, like, I'm a little bit of a skeptic. I can't quite get my head around the idea of like walk, walking around and like having my social interaction time in those spaces. But I can, I can wrap my head around, oh, there's this interesting thing that's gonna happen. I'm gonna buy a ticket, I'm gonna tune in and then I'm out. Or I'm, you know, I'm having a meeting. I need to do this. It's a, you know, an hour long session. I'm tuning in. I'm here for an hour and then I'm going to tune out and kind of rejoin my, my existing world. Yeah. It feels like a healthier version of Zoom. Right. I mean. Totally. And I think that that still applies when you talk about these events and, you know, I, I totally get, you know, putting your AirPods in and feeling it, but you do, you look at things that have been done over fashion week in the last two years. Like you looked at kind of some of the innovations that have been done in the tech space, in the internet space to create more immersive experiences in a time where we couldn't be together physically. And I think if you look at some of the, the interesting animation and design and kind of immersive world creating that happens in some of these events, it's definitely one step below the feeling of like hearing a bass in your heart standing like, in a crowd at a concert, but it might be one step above, or maybe even like one step to the left and, you know, a kick to the right of, of listening to it with your AirPods in. Cause there's just this added level of craft that goes into it. And that could pull different people in for a different reason. Now, would you want to do that as Sarah blaze? Like go to the concert as you like here, here's uh, because I mean, yeah. that, 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 that all just sounded like, Hey, I want to just experience real life, but, not in real life, totally. you know, like, like real life somewhere else or right. real life with someone else. Right. So like, where do you stand on that? Yeah. I mean, I'm again, like I said, I'm a little bit of a skeptic. I'm pretty like, I'm pretty good with myself. Like I like who I am as a person. I think I'm interesting. I have, I have a pretty good sense of self-worth and I'm sure there are many reasons that people create an alternate sense of self that they, they put themselves into a virtual world with. And I'm not someone with a Finsta. I've got my got my real name everywhere. You can all find me online. I'm public. Um, but so I the, the appeal for me of creating a, a completely virtual world version of myself, that draw isn't isn't totally there. But that being said, like I'm a theater kid. I've been like masking my whole life. I've, you know, my girlfriends and I used to get in taxis in New York City and be like, okay, who are we gonna be? We used, I mean, I was of the first generation of 
AIM users where you were like, okay, who are we going to be? And it was more like a little bit of that performance, a little bit of that thrill of being someone that's not you. And in that, I can see the desire and the want to say, oh, I can be this other person and there's something thrilling in that. I don't know about like living and like going about my day-to-day life in that space, but I can understand the thrill of saying, okay, I'm going to say I'm an Australian man with a unicorn horn and like being like, I get to be this person and no one knows who I am. The like performer in me can wrap my head around that a little bit, but the pragmatic adult (laughs) that I've grown into is a little bit like, I don't know if I would go into a concert. Do I need to be an Australian man with a unicorn horn? I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, that was kind of my who I'd want to be. So it's a little, 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 little weird that you pulled so, that one out. But sorry, I'm um, sorry to pull that one for you. Just, <laughs> just saying. Um, no, but that's that's the that's a question. How far from where how we currently act on social, right? Is that you know, a lot of people um, you know do have finstas. A lot of people do, even if they don't have finstas, are posting a sense of reality. That's I mean, it's just it's just a slice of what. They're currently experienced, and it's a highlighter, right? Right. It's it's like TikTok is just like a, a series of punchlines, right? And, and and so there's clearly a desire for that. So I mean, when you start to pull that into the metaverse, and you can make that your reality, I mean, that's a that feels super appealing to a certain group of people, and um, I could see, I could see the idea of being able to do anything and be anyone. Um, super attractive. I mean, the other side of it though is, you know, if you do that, are you also taking all of the challenges with that we have with social media around, you know, just, um, you know, trolling and, um, you know, inequality and self-esteem issues and just like transposing them into just a much wider canvas, right? Like it just... Like there's so there are two sides to it because I can see the utility argument around the metaverse. Like, hey, we're going to use it for these purposes. I'm going to go in for a two-hour concert and I'm going to go in and enjoy it and come out, or I'm going to go to a meeting. Um, but that to me is is I don't know. I I don't think as humans we can resist kind of this maximalist urge. Oh, you no. know? I, I'm 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 curious. Part part of me is wondering whether the the, the pros are going to outweigh the cons. I mean, I think, you know, you, you bring up the dark side of social. And one of the thing I one of the things I think is interesting is like there's some level of curation you can do on the fly if, you know, if you're really spending your time in a Internet 3.0 digital universe, you're not doing what you're doing on TikTok or Instagram where you're able to delete, pick the one second, find your funniest, prettiest most social moments and only show those snippets because you still have to exist. Like you, you, this is probably getting way too heady, but you can create a character, but you have to be every moment, moment of that character in, in the metaverse. You have to, your, your dialogue, your, the way you, you know, the way you interact with other members, like that's still an entire existence of a, of a self rather than 
yes, you can curate, you know, what your avatar skin is and what you're carrying. And I think all of those things will carry the burden of what social media has done so far. If we, if we, if we choose to be in a world where you can buy the Gucci purse, all of a sudden, you know, you've created rank structure within a place where, you know, it's an idealistic society. The hope would be there wouldn't be that. But it's not the same level of curation as you can in something that is filmed and then posted. It is in some theory, like actively interacting with someone else. So do you, do you have the ability to like show the flaws? Like, are, do, does even your preferred picked Australian man with a unicorn horn, does he have vulnerabilities and things that make him, I'm throwing the air quotes real, real hard here, human? in a virtual world? I think I there's a lot more flexibility to, 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 to paper over those, the, those quote unquote flaws. You know, yeah. I think there's more, you know, whether it's, um, whether it's through mods or whether it's like planning something in the real world and bringing it into the virtual world. I, I think you'd have the same mechanism around um, curating and editing that you would as you have now. It, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I think it, I mean, somebody used to describe the metaverse as kind of this maximalistic um, reality. And, and I think that's true. Every place we've gone, you've kind of taken technology as an accelerant or an amplifier on top of just innate human behaviors and flaws and, and characteristics. And I, I don't see any way that the metaverse isn't going to be the same. Um, to me, it's just a question of how big of a part of our lives is it uh, and, and, and kind of where does it sit? Like, I, I think there are, I go back to the utility side of things because maybe maybe that's where the saving grace is. Like NVIDIA just um, talked about their their version of the metaverse, which is just blow, blew my doors off. So they, they, they're a graphics chip maker. They currently have a product called the Omniverse, which mm-hmm. allows folks like 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 BMW to create digital twins of physical objects. So they can design a, a three series car completely in v, in VR, um, get everything down to the millimeter where it should be, run the physics models, understand acceleration and torque and all that stuff, and then they go and make the car in the physical world. They're creating uh, a twin digital twin of Earth down to the meter. So they're going to get it uh, exact to the meter level. And the whole reason they're doing this is to allow climate scientists to model uh, scenarios around climate change solutions. And so they're going to take a a, a digital twin of the the freaking earth, make it available for free and just allow us to find ways to save it like that. That to me is like, okay, so really, really cool. At the same time, back to your point about avatars, like, no, you're not going to have any Australian men with unicorn horns running around there. Like, that's not going to, that's not a thing. It's very purpose-built. But to me, that that's a metaverse that I can understand the intent of totally. and, and, and can see kind of where um, the, 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 the value of that could really, really come forward. Um, the others, it's, it's just a little bit more, <laughs> I don't know, a little bit... It's not that I can't see it. It's that I'm a little afraid of it, if I'm being real honest. It's nebulous and nascent, whereas we're interacting with metaverses 
All day long. All day long. Yes. You know, like you talk about, you know, how fascinating to make a twin of the earth to create progression. Although it, it does make me like a little bit like Truman Show. Are we in a simulation? Fearful. Just. It's a 50-50. It's a 50-50 chance. Um, mm-hmm. And normally I'm not that gal, but today apparently I am. Um, you know, in the same, the same things are happening with, you know, providing tra- training for surgeons to be able to practice in a virtual space without cadavers, without, you know, with different, you know, problems that can be simulated like that to me. I'm like, heck yeah, that, that feels like something that has real utility, real use and a real driving power forward. And I can see that I can wrap my hands around that and understand. And I think it's kind of important to understand that like that too is a metaverse. So here's where I I really want to push though, because I mean, there we've, I think what we both just described are simulations. Sure. Right, the simulations—they're a, a a a virtual version of you know, a virtual world that has a very specific kind of focus to it, right? But back to interoperability and the commerce economy. and and openness. Like Nvidia's Earth Two is going to be Nvidia's Earth Two. Like like there's no there's nothing saying that that's going to be connected to any other metaverse or that you know if I I'm going to be able to take anything that's happening there like a climate model and bring it over to you know Minecraft and be able to like run tornadoes you know <laughs> and, and tornadoes and volcanoes just like that'll be the entire map is all those. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, like they're, they're, the simulations yeah. I get, and that, like that's where my comfort zone is because that's where 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 my where I am. Metaverse is. It, I think when you when you talk about it, it is kind of this. It, it feels a little less tethered because it is. Um, you, you are talking about um, you know taking things into it and ownership and identity and just it is a new world that um, extends a lot further than things that we've talked about that have kind of that utility that's really super clear. But but maybe if those spaces and economies, economy is one thing, but I think about the ability to, in in the simulation of Earth, communicate with fellow scientists who are working on it, have it, have it be something that's explorable as a, as a fellow where you might be able to learn progress, you know, talk about models, start to have some of those debates with people all over the the world who are working on that. That takes me one step closer into a place where it's a a self-contained system where you're interacting with with a space, a virtual space, as well as virtual others. Um, But I definitely hear you on that, that decentralized model, that economy, like it's not, it doesn't move you towards that, that big M, but it, it takes the incredible advancements we've had with VR plus, you know, I think in best case scenarios, some sort of community work that, that could make that, that near next moment. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I, you just brought me to a place where I, I mean, we were talking about kind of equality before and just the human condition within the metaverse. I mean, the idea that like, so, so say you're in earth too, you know, who's to say that, you know, some, uh, my next door neighbor couldn't come up with the climate model that's gonna, you know, reverse, uh, re- reverse, um, you know, climate change and, 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 and sea levels rising and all that. Like, like there is by making the metaverse, that metaverse free, 
there is this democratization of 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 um, of the uh, you know the ability to 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 take advantage of that that you know to come up with these simulations and these ideas, um, and and I guess where that's starting to lead me is you know. Is, is there a huge opportunity for folks that, you know, if, if you, I wanted to get into fashion school and I couldn't get into, I couldn't pay for fashion school, but if I go into the metaverse and I start creating digital clothing lines and suddenly I blow up, like who's to say that that's, you know, not something that could become that, that near next. It's big break, you know, Scott. It is my big break. You, you, I, I mean, you see my closet, uh-huh. you know how it goes. Um, uh-huh. But it is, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause I mean, I, I'm thinking about, you know, NFTs and artists and artists and how they're, um, you know, I think there's a little bit of survivor bias around the NFT, uh, culture. I think you have a a lot, a lot of, a small number of artists that are making a lot of the headlines and a lot of the money, but that's not to say that the promise of it doesn't still exist. Um, so maybe there's something interesting in, in the fact that that near next might be taking, um, you know, careers and, 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 and ideas that exist in, in this world, but can, you can have more open boundaries as far as who can participate and how they can participate. And, you know, I mean, maybe I think, that I think you hit levels the playing field a little. I think you hit a really important note there and the leveling the playing field, but especially around creativity, like creativity in all of its forms, whether it's, you know, creating digital clothing and, and having your big break, going to fashion school, Scott, whether it's, uh, set design, whether it's, uh, in, cre- you know, creating digital worlds, you know, you talk about making a Roblox game, there's this unbridled. And I think this, dep- this doesn't contingent on capital M metaverse or small metaverses. There's an unbridled potential for creativity in these spaces. And, to unleash all different kinds of creativity, be them, you know, visual arts, be it performative arts, be it technological arts. And perhaps that's one of the most intriguing and exciting things for, for brands. And it's kind of going to be a little bit of a watch this space to see where is this going next? What are we going to like hook our coattails on? Because the fact is, is that the people who drive creativity drive us in so many ways in the kind of marketing we create. And I think maybe that's the most exciting thing to sit and watch is kind of what will the grand they do next? And, and what can we learn from, from people who are innovating in these spaces? Because that's, that's going to be the thing for us as brands that we're going to get excited about. You know, those are going to be the things that we want to interact with and we want to be a part of. Um, so that you just, you landed on that for me and the, potential for more people to have more access to more platforms to create that for us is should be incredibly exciting um and gets me kind of gives me like a, a second wind of of belief in this space maybe a little optimism maybe a little this isn't just going to be used for a better zoom um i mean we do need that just totally just to be clear totally totally um but I, I think that there's something to be said for we've created a, a blank canvas and there's going to be many canvases and there, some of them are going to look messier or cleaner than others. But the fact is there's going to be a lot of new uh, that comes out of these spaces. Watch this space. This was great. Thanks for your time today, Scott. 
It was great. It was great. It was really fun. It was fun to do. Yeah. Repartee. <laughs> Repartee. Um, yeah. Good at endings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like endings.